Well, good morning, church family. Here we find ourselves uh, in the beginning of August, uh, and we find ourselves midweek in that first uh, week of August, uh, as it's August 5th of 2020. And we have the privilege of opening up the Word of God together uh, once again today. Uh, so let's start it out right by uh, opening up in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, this study in Psalm 119. We thank you that we can open up your word and that your word is applicable to us even today. And we know that because your word is timeless. Uh, it is eternal uh, because you are uh, the God who is eternal. Uh, and Lord, we ask that you would just uh, take all these eternal truths uh, and bring them right down for real into our own lives uh, even today to see uh, just how much this can be an encouragement to us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's begin uh, once again by uh, reading over our text uh, this morning as we refresh our memories uh, of this section, uh, Daleth, uh, in verses 25 through 32. It says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Well, today we uh, finish out this section as we take a look uh, at verses uh, 28 through 32. And so let's go ahead and begin in, at, with there at verse uh, 28. It says, My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Well, that Hebrew word there, melts, uh, actually uh, is used elsewhere in the Old Testament. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, it is used and, and seen as a house with a leaky roof. Uh, or in Job, uh, chapter 16, as uh, Job uh, is responding, he says, My friends scorn me, my eye pours out tears to God. So we have two different uh, pictures here uh, that are uh, similar, uh, but a little bit different as we take a look at one being a, a leaky roof and the other one uh, that uh, Job's eye pours out tears. Um, the commonality here that we have is that of, of pouring out uh, and that, that of, of water, uh, and it pouring uh, into uh, a place that is uh, uh, coming from either a physical eye or coming through a physical roof. And so it says, my soul melts. So my, my soul is as a leaky roof. Uh, my, my soul is as my eyes pouring out tears to God. Uh, my soul melts away for sorrow. See, the, the psalmist's soul here is, is broken. Uh, and he is, is, is searching. He is, is, finds himself weeping uh, as he's trying to figure out where he is uh, and what God's word has to say to it. Um, so we can see this is a, a leaky roof. You know, every time a, a roof has a hole in it and every time it rains, it's going to leak. Uh, and so it's going to be constant wearing, uh, and this is, uh, you know, a, a constant wearing on his soul uh, so that his situation just overwhelms him. You know, just, just take a moment and contemplate a scenario where you found yourself in that same type of situation. 
where your, your heart uh, is, is overwhelmed, where your soul is literally melting away for sorrow. Maybe it's because you have loved, lost a loved one. Maybe because something has happened in your, your life that uh, is causing you to, to stop and just be overwhelmed with a sense of, uh, of uh, sorrow. Uh, and the thing is, is, the psalmist realizes something here, that he, he, uh, he understands, he sees his state, he knows where he is, and he just doesn't wallow there. What he says is, strengthen me according to your word. So the psalmist goes once again as a lesson to us today, is that when we find ourselves at that, that low point, when we are overwhelmed with sorrow, when we find that our, our souls are melting or like a leaky roof, uh, as it were, uh, because of the sorrow we're experiencing, we need to go to the one individual who can speak to the situation, who knows the beginning from the end, who can give us perspective, who can give us the encouragement we need, uh, or sometimes depend upon why that sorrow is there. If, if we're just dwelling there, maybe we just need the proverbial kick in the pants. Uh, and, and God is going to give us that which is only for our good as we know from the rest of the Word of God. Uh, but we know here that only God's Word can speak to his situation. Uh, and I'd even take it a little bit farther to say that God's Word can speak to each and every one of our situations. That's why the Word of God is so important in the believer's life. And we've, we've seen many different things as we've studied this uh, section, uh, but also before this in Psalm 119. You know, his strength fails and only God's strength can pull him up. So this is a beautiful picture of God, you know, as it were, reaching down and, and giving his servant exactly what he needs by taking the all-powerful, almighty uh, God, reaching down and, and lifting him up, bringing him out. And he does so according to his word, uh, which we know his word uh, can speak all kinds of different things into our lives. Uh, you know, as we celebrated the graduation of, of two of our seniors this uh, uh, past year, uh, uh, Cody and, and Madison. Uh, we, we did so by giving them a Bible for them to not forget as they step into adult life uh, how important the Word of God is in, in their each in, uh, individual life. Uh, and two of the things that we mentioned in there, actually one comes out of Psalm 119.105 where it says your word is a lamp uh, to my feet and the light to my path. So we know that God's word is able to give us the direction that we need uh, and to, to be able to help us and guide us out of where we are. Uh, but it's also a comfort in times of trouble, as it tells us in Psalm 23, 4, which you no doubt have memorized, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so God's going to use whatever needs to be done in order to bring us out of those low points uh, because God cares for us. Uh, he does not want us to suffer needlessly uh, and sometimes we're actually the, the own cause of our own suffering needlessly. Uh, sometimes it's outside of ourselves but the truth is is that God is there seeking to even when we walk through those dark times uh, to not worry, to not fear uh, because God has us and God's going to bring us out by whatever needs necessary, a rod or a staff. That's why they bring comfort even when discipline is involved. 
That takes us to verses 29 and 30, which I've paired together uh, because of a continuing theme in those two verses. Uh, let's refresh our memory. It says, put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. So what are some false ways we should be conscious of? You know, when, when you take and, and you examine yourself, what are some false ways that, uh, as the psalmist is saying, you know, uh, you know put false, false ways far from me? What are some false ways that we may participate in that we need to ask God to take far from us? Maybe sometimes we don't speak the truth. Maybe we are uh, fabricating something for our own benefit. Maybe we are bold-based lying. Uh, in order to keep from getting into trouble uh, with others, yet ignoring the whole fact is that God knows all. Uh, maybe it's esteeming what is hateful, uh, you know, giving value to things that uh, do not build up, uh, giving value to things that are harmful or hurtful, maybe to yourself or to others around you. Uh, and that is something that you need to ask God to take far from you. Maybe it's participating in things that are just downright sinful, things we know that are breaking God's commandments, uh, things that we are coveting for as we, we look at what others have and we desire those more. Uh, maybe it is uh, looking at someone else uh, with the purpose of thinking of them in an improper manner uh, and seeing them as an object as opposed to the, the glorious way in which God has made them in, in his image. Um, and who knows what it may be, but maybe those are things that as you look at your life, as you examine it before the Lord, that you say, take this far from me. Um, maybe looking upon others with arrogant eyes. Um, sometimes we can, you know, justify ourselves. Um, we even learned about this a little bit in the Sermon on the Mount where we are looking to take the speck out of someone else's eye when we have a plank in our own. Uh, and we look at them in an arrogant fashion, thinking that we have it all together and they don't. Uh, or I know better than you, uh, even though that uh, knowledge may be based in man's ways as opposed to God's ways. Uh, so maybe that's something you need to ask God to take far from you. And maybe one other one, stirring up trouble instead of being a peacemaker. Um, you know, the thing is, is we have to, to guard ourselves against stirring up trouble, and particularly even within the household of God. Uh, because there's many things that can come in and divide us. Uh, it can take all different shapes and forms. Uh, it can be any, uh, any subject matter. And so are we seeking, as we've learned in the Sermon on the Mount, to be those who are peacemakers uh, as opposed to those who are stirring up trouble? Well, here, um, as we take a look at uh, uh, the, the Hebrew and what uh, the psalmist is asking for, he's speaking in relation to lying and not speaking the truth. You know, and we can lie to ourselves and not speak the truth. We can lie to others and not speak the truth. And the psalmist is asking God to remove all of this deceitful, false, and hypocritical ways from his life. You know, you know, put false ways far from me. Don't just, you know, put them in the next room. I want you to take them far from me so that they're not even on my radar anymore. They're no longer a temptation. Uh, and in turn, teach me your truth. Please grant me this request that as you put these things far from me, graciously teach me your law. So 
you know, anytime something's removed, it creates a, a vacuum uh, or a need of some sort. And so uh, it's wise here for the psalmist to say, take this far from me, but don't just leave there uh, an empty space, but instead fill it uh, with something uh, that I know is going to be life-changing and keep me from going back there. Uh, and that is God's law. And he says, notice the, the words, graciously teach me. That's how he's asking God to teach him, graciously, realizing that, you know, uh, he's still learning. He needs to, to, to see these as God does. Listen to what James Montgomery Boyce says in relation to this uh, term graciously. He says, actually um, has the sense of graciously teach uh, a single word. Uh, the full thought is, is if we are to be kept from sin, it must be by the grace of God exercised through the teaching of his word. Uh, and uh, sometimes we, we do need to have God um, you know, use his word as that two-edged sword. Um, but as we, we you know, take a look at our lives, uh, and, and God knows this, is that uh, we want it to be gracious because the desire of the heart here is, is for God's will to be done. Uh, and no matter what that may look like, uh, but however God uh, puts this forth, however he uses his word, the psalmist is saying, you know, be gracious, uh, as we know our God is. Because uh, as it goes on in verse 30, he says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. He says, this is what I prefer. I prefer to be faithful, but I know my weaknesses. I know the things that I, I, I have problems with, things that I constantly find myself stumbling into. That's why I want you to take it far from me. And I want you to be gracious as you show me your, your law, your word, uh, which is eternal. Uh, and as a result of, of knowing the benefit, I choose the way of faithfulness. You know, because he has experienced this deceitfulness, he's experienced this falsehood, this, this hypocritical action in his life, and now he desires uh, something different, something better. Uh, and that is for God to guide his conduct. He says, I set your rules before me. So he's saying, God, take my mind and transform it. Help me to not think those things. Help me not to, to ponder uh, how I can you know, do things to my own selfish advantage. You know, God, take my words and guard my lips uh, and do so by your word. I like what Spurgeon said. He says, men do not drop into the right way by chance. They must choose it and continue to choose it or they will soon wander from it. Spurgeon recognizes something that we all know, and sometimes we don't acknowledge, is that we, when given the chance, if we do not choose that which is right, we have made a, cho a choice for that which is wrong. There's no neutral ground. There's no gray area. We're either doing that which is right or we're doing that which is wrong. Because uh, even in inaction or uh, you know, our, our, us not acting uh, is, is a choice uh, as well. So let's finish out this section in verses 31 and 32. It says, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Notice the turnabout. And this is the joyous thing of what happens when God is part of a believer's life. Because the, the believer now has uh, the very power of God working in and through him. 
the very knowledge and understanding of God working in and through him. His soul now uh, goes, uh, uh, was clinging to the dust that has been replaced with a clinging to the conduct that honors God. I cling to your testimonies. So he's not clinging to the, the low place that he was, uh, the ground itself where he found himself in that spiritual desert. Uh, instead, he's clinging to God's testimonies, God's conduct, uh, or man's conduct that honors God. He says, I will run in the way of your commandments. Notice the progression from the beginning. His soul, his innermost being, is clinging to the dust of the spiritual ground. He's confessing all of his shortcomings, asking God to remove all his deceitful, false, and hypocritical ways, choosing the way of faithfulness, clinging to the Lord's testimonies, and now he's running in the way of the Lord. So he's not running away from the Lord. He's running in the way of the Lord. So he's not just crawling as an infant. Uh, he is not just, you know, uh, walking uh, as, as, as it's a, a pleasure uh, or something that's slow. He is running in it. He is taking this and, and God is giving him a renewed spiritual strength to run and not faint. Uh, and it reminds me of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Uh, that's what we need to embrace. That's what the psalmist, you know, as he comes full circle, as he sees the word of God doing its great work, um, he is now running in the way of the Lord. And he says, uh, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. When you enlarge my heart. That's what God's word does, is it opens our heart so that we may understand more deeply God's love, the, the, the height, the width, the depth uh, of his love for us. Uh, it's deeper, wider, stronger, and unwavering uh, that his heart now knows. Uh, something that no doubt did he know before, but when he found himself in that low spot, he needed God to remind him, to restore unto him, to revive him uh, in uh, the word. Uh, it's a heart that is free of hindrance and filled with that which is holy and honoring to God. And the thing is, there's no shame in this place because that is exactly where we need to be. We need to be running in the way of the Lord. So ask yourself this morning, are you running in the way of the Lord? Is there something that you are maybe in that progression at the very beginning where you're clinging to the dust of the ground? Maybe you're at the point where you're ready to tell God everything uh, and confess to him the sins that he already knows you've done. But in confessing them, uh, there's, some, there's spiritual therapy there because we're being made right with God. Or maybe you're asking God to remove some way from you that you know you constantly fall into. Or maybe you're at the point now where you've done all of that and you've, you've made yourself right by confessing to God and, and getting right with him that you are, you are consciously choosing the Lord's uh, way of, of faithfulness and, and cho choosing his testimonies and clinging to them as opposed to clinging to the ground. Or maybe you're enjoying running with the Lord right now. And if you are, continue to run. Continue to feed that run with the Word of God. Because it will never let you down. It will never lead you astray. It will be that lamp uh, for you uh, to your feet and a light to your path. Let's close in a word of prayer. 
Gracious Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this truth today. Lord, I thank you for the, the amazing way in which the psalmist just lays his life out so that we may see and identify with some of the very things that we know we struggle with. But know that that does not have to be an end in itself, that there is victory to be had, that there is a, a race that we are running in, uh, that it is a, a, a life race. Uh, and sometimes we, we lose the little sprints, uh, and sometimes we don't prepare ourselves by warming up before we decide to go a particular direction. But Lord, I ask that your word would help us to do that, to identify, to prepare, so that we may uh, run in your way each and every day. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, church family, and, and enjoy this uh, first full week of August. Uh, and we'll see you next Wednesday. God bless.